This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV. Hey everyone, BYU Sports Nation is live and abrupt because that's how we like to do it. 2021. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is now a quality sleep expert, Jerem Jordan. Uh, this show is brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I want to point that out. Thank you. Uh, thank thank you, BYU you, BYU Store. Store. Great. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually didn't get a lot of sleep last night randomly. Just went down a YouTube rabbit hole, and I'm like, why is it 1.15 in the morning? Uh, doubleheader today. We're excited about this. You've already been calling games, but now I jump into the mix tonight. So we have a doubleheader, uh, 7 Eastern, women's hoops versus Pepperdine on the app, trying to bounce back from that Gonzaga loss, and then, Number one men's volleyball taking on UCLA tonight, which will be uh, pretty exciting. So no, no sleep for us, right? Um, I do want to mention this as well. Uh, Steve Vale, starting this Saturday, and I are going to have, host a men's volleyball radio show. Okay, let's go. OTT, over the top, uh, on BYU Radio, 12.30 Mountain, 2.30 Eastern, during the season, starting Saturday. So let's go, baby. You're calling three games. I'm calling two this week. Dave McCann's calling one. Let's, hey, everybody's busy. You know who's the busiest people are? It's actually our crew. So we're doing six games this week? Game in and game out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the crew schedulers having to juggle all that let's, as well. Let's go. Yeah, Woo! everybody's busy. We're built for this, so let's go. Here's your Thursday show lineup to complement a doubleheader game day featuring another expedited matchup with number one ranked Gonzaga, BYU basketball in many ways, bringing back Big Monday on ESPN. Andy Katz of NCAA.com will join us to review his latest bracket positioning for the Cougars, plus Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence in the NFL draft. Which legendary quarterback said that? And your prop picks for Portland. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and number one Gonzaga have moved up the February 27th game to Monday, February 8th at 11 Eastern on ESPN. Also, it's a ball night for Cougar Hoops in the 503 as BYU takes on the worst team in the league, Portland, who's lost 46 of the last 47 games against West Coast Conference opponents. That's a real stat. Oof. That's brutal. BYU's a 19-point fade. More on that later. Listen to BYU Radio's Cougar pregame live starting at 6 Eastern with Jason Shepard, followed by the game an hour later at 7 on Stadium as well. So, doubleheader plus men's hoops. More rivalries, please. BYU and Utah State have extended their football series through the 2026 season. The new contract adds four more games to the storied rivalry. BYU leads the overall series 49 wins to 37 losses. Three ties. Remember when ties were a thing in college football? What a dumb idea. I'm so glad that's over. Whose idea was that? I'll punch him in the face. BYU dominated the most recent matchup in Logan 42-14 and have won three of the last five. Can you imagine in like 1897? They're like, yes, you can tie. We have to go home. What? Why? They played to a 6-6 tie. Yeah, so dumb. In the dirt. (laughs) Men's volleyball. Yeah, grow some grass on it, I guess. Men's volleyball is back. As mentioned, season begins tonight for the top-ranked Cougars. They play an all-MPSF schedule this season, starting with rival UCLA, who's ranked number eight, nine Eastern tonight on the on BYU TV. Very excited to be back in Smithfield. BYU women's basketball also excited to be back home. They will host Pepperdine, seven Eastern, five Mountain, live on the BYU TV app. Rather, bounce back opportunity for the ladies following a tough loss in Spokane at Gonzaga. And some women's volleyball news: the NCAA announces it will move the entire tournament to Omaha, Nebraska, April 13th through the 24th. By the way, it's 48 teams, not 64. They have shortened yes. uh, the amount of teams who will be involved, which is interesting. 
Hey, where's that tournament again, Peyton Manning? Mm -hmm. Omaha! Mm -hmm. Yeah, insert yeah. the Peyton Manning drop there. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. And so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. For the second time this season, BYU basketball will expedite a matchup with the top-ranked college basketball team in the country. The most, we think, dominant Gonzaga team in the history of their storied program. So, Jerem, instead of playing February 27th, BYU is going to play on a big Monday night on ESPN February 8th in Provo. Is it better to play Gonzaga sooner than later? I say yes because you want to get that game in. It's going to help BYU's net. Like BYU's net will go up several points just by playing, you know, number one or two in the net Gonzaga. I, I haven't looked. Are they two still? What One, two, whatever. Yes, five of the ten teams in the league are on COVID pause right now. Gonzaga had some COVID issues earlier in the season. BYU has been fortunate not to have any so far. Um, no, no games paused because of BYU. You'd think at some point that might happen. Like, it, hopefully it happens Monday that they play, you know, because we've seen BYU can go out on the road and boom, a game doesn't happen. So, yeah, I, I say sooner than later. In terms of the fan aspect of trying to get mm. some fans in there, it's probably tougher for BYU to turn that around yeah. if that was ever going to happen. And that's why I hesitate a little bit on that. Yeah, So on, on, but I'm more about BYU's net than I am fans in the stands. Ideally, both happen and are good. But, yeah, let's, let's play Gonzaga. And, again, in basketball, strength of schedule is rewarded. It just is. In football, it is not. So I am like, hey, can BYU possibly play a third time with Gonzaga if a lot of the league either opts out at the end or uh, – They can't get can't, going. Get, yeah, then BYU and Gonzaga are like, let's play again. And you know Mark Pope will go back to uh, Spokane and play, and that helps BYU's net trying to get into the tourney. So I say, yeah, sooner than later. As much as I would like to believe that – 10% capacity in the Marriott Center or even as much as 20 or 25% would be the difference for BYU basketball to knock off Gonzaga this year. I just can't. They're too good. They could play in front of last year's Marriott Center, Jerem, and I'm not sure BYU this year could beat Gonzaga. They're that good. Jalen Suggs is a big difference maker for them. Absolutely. Yeah. They are so they're loaded to the gills with NBA talent. And they play like a team that just doesn't care about that. Yeah, th no, they play. They've always been good. BYU matches up really well with Gonzaga traditionally, but not this year. No team in college basketball matches up with Gonzaga this year. Right. Someone Iowa will, didn't. Someone will give them a, give them a fight later. Uh, you Maybe know, it's BYU. I, I don't. I, well, we'll see. A Ho fight? Hopefully. Define a fight. Well, what's a fight? <laughs> Within 12? Um, yeah, you, you'd love to see a, a close game, but I'm not even – I'm not even worried about whether BYU beats Gonzaga. It's just playing Gonzaga because that will help the metrics, absolutely. I think BYU will play a better game against Gonzaga than they did the first time around because the first game is always kind of a head scratch. You don't know what to expect. Now they know. But again, another thing that makes me hesitate on moving it up is it's a Monday night. BYU, as we know very well, does well, not practice on Sunday. BYU didn't play Saturday, though, so it's, it's fine. So it's okay to just have a rest day Maybe talk through some things, go no, through some film on Saturday. Sunday. What I'm saying is like yeah. on Sunday. So a rest day on Sunday oh, well, before the big game on Monday. It's no different than if you played them on a Saturday and you played on a Thursday. You have the one day of prep and you play. Yeah. So BYU will play tonight. They'll fly home, uh, you know, probably tonight. They'll have a practice tomorrow for Gonzaga. They'll have a full day Saturday. And then Sunday they don't do anything, and then they play Monday. I'm, and it's a long day Monday. 
So it's it's like later. No, I'm fine with sure. Okay. So, I mean, if, if ideally you get it like on a Thursday and you have like yes, five days to prep yes. or whatever. Yeah, but, ideal scenario, and that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's not ideal to have to play that game on Monday for BYU specifically because they do have to sit out a day before the game. But how much yeah. of a difference will that make? I don't know. And then yeah, if the game's played on the 27th and BYU opts to get some fans in, then there's that they, aspect too. They, yeah, they'd have to create that game because right now it doesn't exist right, yeah moves. well right now fans against gonzaga on monday february 8th we're what four days away from that it doesn't feel like that's gonna happen that's for sure yeah I, they'd have to announce it today or tomorrow you'd think uh to sell some tickets so yeah <gasps> okay topic two brigham young versus portland cougars versus pilots cosmo versus wally mm-hmm. voodoo donuts versus the provo bakery uh brigham's boys are in 19.5 will be all cover tonight yes BYU will cover. Good topic. Next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might not be the blowout fashion as early in the game as it was in Provo, but I think ultimately BYU will cover. They'll probably be up by 10 to 12 at halftime and then methodically work their way to a 19 or 20 point lead by the end of the game. Uh, the road environment is always a little bit tricky just because you're not as familiar with the, the rims. So again, BYU was lights out in Provo against Portland. I don't think that'll be the case in the uh, child center of, up in empty, the empty child center in well, Portland. BYU's used to playing in an empty child center. It's but, true. Uh, with well, BYU actually, fans. Actually, they're used to playing with like four or 5,000 BYU fans. There. Yeah, I've seen... I've seen three BYU games up there. There's always a ton of BYU fans. Yeah, it's great. Bobby Sharp's not walking through the door for Portland. No triple overtime madness. This is a different BYU team. They play way better defense, and this Portland team doesn't have near the firepower that some of Eric Reveno's Portland teams had. So it just – this should be a blowout for BYU. If it's not, then I'm a little concerned, Jerem. I'm a little concerned if BYU doesn't cover, honestly. Given the way BYU played last week, it'd be like, okay, now you're into a third game where you struggled. And you and struggled against the worst team in the conference? Portland's really bad, like really bad. Ten-game win streak for the Cougars over Portland. Twenty uh, Average margin is 22. Okay. Um, only zero of those games have been single digits, and only two of those games have been within 17. So it's been blowout city. And – uh Ahmed Ali, the leading scorer and a sister, is a game-time decision for Portland. So if he doesn't play, be a better cover. Oh, man. If he plays, and he's 18-a-game guy. Again, on, on bad teams, someone's got to score. Uh, they don't, like, show up and score 30 points. They score, like, 50 or 60. Someone's got to score. Um, if he doesn't play, for sure, be a covers. Now, here's the interesting thing. But I think they thing. cover anyway. Let's here's go. the interesting thing about this game. How much of a hit will BYU take in the net because they're playing a 300-plus team in the net rankings in Portland? Drop a little bit. So, yeah, is it a drop of three or four spots? That'll go right back up after Gonzaga Monday. BYU's not playing San Diego twice, so... Well, well, at all. You're right. That's what I'm saying. They're not playing either game. Two games are gone. They're done. That bump. So that that helps. Bump maybe that, maybe that uh, <laughs> counteracts what BYU is going to face because they have to play Portland twice. But regardless, BYU thirty six. Have to is the phrase. Thirty six in the net today. Really solid. Yes, I, just sub forty. You're in a tournament position. Uh, Joe Lenardi highlights in green the teams on his daily resume update that have it's green, so I can what see he it. calls an 80% chance or better of making the NCAA tournament. And the Cougars are in the highlighted green and have yeah. been for the past few days. So up one in the net ranking, Ken Palm holding steady at 49. Basketball power index 
BYU gets a one-point bump. KPI, which strangely last year was the worst metric for BYU, is now the best metric for BYU. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm not sure why. Is it Maybe it's more defense-oriented. I don't know. Strength the record plus five. And we were talking this morning during our conference call. You're moves what, Gonzaga what? and then suddenly it's plus five. Why, like, why is BYU strength well, the record plus five? It's because St. It John's yeah. beat Villanova, the third ranked team in the country last night. The Johnnies all of a sudden are making like this surge in the Big East for their at large case. Well, good job beating the suits of Jay Wright. So it was a bad day to be a ranked team in college basketball. I'm thinking like, I'm serious. Yeah, like good thing is not ranked. Like 10 ranked teams lost last night. St. John's has moved into, uh, yeah, there's up to 68 in now. So solid quad two. They climb 18 spots, Jerem. It'd be a quad one. It'd be a quad one. I don't think they're. Uh, yeah, it would take that. another win over a Villanova to do that. It'll be a, it'll be a quad two. Yeah. Okay, interesting. A report, Elias Tuiaki, a candidate at Montana State, question mark. Oh. So, not saying that's happening. I'm just saying there's a, there's a uh, report out there. Well, as we have discussed, when you have a good football season, your assistant coaches tend which, to garner interest. Which, by the way, BYU, uh, hopefully soon, uh, it's been a minute, hasn't announced a replacement for Jeff Grimes. Um, just on the staff, of course, they've announced Aaron Roderick as the offensive coordinator and Eric Mateos as the offensive line coach. Still waiting for those two assistant positions to be named. Now, offensive line, you have to replace. But BYU could opt on that other spot to do a defensive coach. Kevin McClune, anybody? I, I talked about him, you know, like a month ago about he's an option. He was a volunteer assistant. The, last the mystery season. man behind the madness. Yeah, and on the air, I was like, oh, they brought him out for the bowl game. He had been on headset all year. I corrected that on uh, Twitter after learning a little bit more. But, yeah, it's some, some stuff to figure out uh, with football still now that we've gone through the massive signing day that was yesterday. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. And, and congrats to the preferred walk-ons who signed. We can't actually mention their name on the air until they show up to so school. So it's more official and they're enrolled in well, school. Until and... they show up to school. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there is your bracketology update with a little bit of football mixed in there at the end. Always. Football is February always football. It's Super that's, Bowl week. That's why it's in the middle. Super Bowl week. Oh, yeah, that. There's that too, right? Yeah. Our question of the day, back to BYU basketball, who, by the way, are a nine seed in ESPN's latest bracketology and a 10 seed in Andy Katz's NCAA.com bracketology. We'll talk with Andy Katz in just a few minutes about why he has the Cougars as a number 10. We'll also ask him, is it better to play Gonzaga sooner or later in the season? And we're asking all of you that as well. And why? Let's hear from you, BYUSN. Go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Andrew Flint answers on Twitter. Sooner in a season like this, you never know when a program is going to pause. They can make sure they get to play this game. And if it gets postponed there's still time to reschedule. In a regular season, yeah. this game would be a fun late-season game. This is very much totally. not a regular-type college right. basketball Totally. Season. More on the Tuiaki report, by the way. One of seven candidates, a report by Skyline Sports. Uh, he was on a Zoom call, according to three sources. Montana State's uh, vacancy happened because Sark pulled that head coach to Texas. Bobcats! Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens. Um, is going to be head coach at some point, I think. He can't be a top... 10 defensive coordinator mm. and not get a look somewhere else. So that's good. And uh, Kalani Stake certainly welcomes this. We'll see if anything happens there. If hashtag. One of seven? Let's go. Yeah, if you want to chime in on that or anything for that matter, hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, coming up, Gonzaga on Monday. Will there be fans there? Is there any weakness in that team? 
What does the guy for the NCAA.com's college basketball coverage think about BYU's chances against the Zags? And does he think it's better to play the game sooner? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio gets ready for tonight's bloodbath. BYU at Portland. Listen to the show with Jason Shepard starting at 6 Eastern as he chats with Connor Harding for the game at 7 as well. <laughs> oh, goodness. It is what it is, man. We Bobby, are live. Bobby Sharpay walking through that door. You said it. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Yes, Cougar fans, no Bobby Sharp for Portland tonight, which means no eight three-pointers like, from that guy. I feel like the uh, hyenas when you said Mufasa, you know, Bobby Sharp. Ooh. Bobby Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, quick update. We mentioned uh, ESPN's Bracketology and Andy Katz having BYU as a 9 and 10 seed, respectively. Bracket Matrix, Jerem, has uh, BYU as an average of 9.02 seed. So Down just a touch. Crazy like about eight, that is nine, right now BYU is a single-digit seed yeah. projected in the this, NCAA tournament. This Okay, la- we've talked about it a few times. It's been a couple weeks, but we were talking about, well, is this team better than last year's? And it's like unthinkable for me to think that it could be. I don't think that this team will climb as high as a six. Like, if BYU did what... Okay, last year, how did BYU get to as high as a six? An undefeated February, including a win over number two Gonzaga. If BYU had an undefeated February... And beat Gonzaga. And beat Gonzaga, then that could happen. I just don't see it with this team. The, the strength is different, and yes, it's awesome to have a good defensive and rebounding team, but that team didn't necessarily show up last week against lesser teams. Next week's huge now. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but Gonzaga Monday, St. Mary's on Thursday. They're supposed to come out of their COVID pause, and uh, unless we hear otherwise, that game is next Thursday. So it's a St. Zaga week. Next week's really big. Like if BYU is going to be uh, kind of a 7, yeah. 8, 9, or if they're going to be in a 11, 10, 11, 12 kind of thing, next week will go a long way to determining that. And I'm wondering, because BYU doesn't have a game on February 13th now against San Diego in Provo, even if St. Mary's isn't out of COVID protocol or shutdown, maybe two extra days would allow them to play BYU on the 13th. I haven't looked at what the Gales have scheduled on the 13th, yeah. which I'm sure is Jerem is doing right now. Typing as fast as I can. Okay. They so, have a game at Pepperdine. Okay, so they've got a game at Pepperdine. I, I don't know. Hopefully it can happen on the 11th. And it's the biggest week ever for BYU basketball. BYU needs to say, well, that's quite a statement. Uh, BYU, <laughs> BYU playing St. Mary's is really important. That's a, that's a uh, you know, quad two home game. It was a quad one road game. Uh, St. Mary's has struggled, not been able to play for a couple weeks. So hopefully, hopefully the Gales figure it out. Because again, in basketball, it's important that you play quality games. And St. Mary's is one of the best games that BYU can play on the schedule. Uh, the Cougars need that. Playing Gonzaga Monday, absolutely awesome. But at this point, like I'm, I'm getting conditioned to think to get to game day and go, okay, we playing. In in football, it's like we don't know we're playing until the ball kicks off. And now in basketball, it's like same situation. The the afternoon of a game, it's like we've heard several times for women's games now now men's game with San Diego. It's like, are we playing or are we not? Uh, that's just the reality that we live in in 2021. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, speaking of brackets, a man who just released his latest bracketology earlier this week. He is the NCAA.com insider and college basketball expert, Andy Katz. Andy, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation. How are you? Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. So we're looking at this big Monday showdown between BYU and Gonzaga now and wondering, 
Okay, is it is it better for BYU that they have expedited this matchup and they're bringing Gonzaga in on the 8th compared to the 27th? Or is Gonzaga just so good that it doesn't really matter, Andy? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think it's better than not playing. And so I would say that um, because there'd be a bigger gap in the schedule. It's just bizarre right now that what's happened in the WCC, uh, essentially half the league is on pause and half is playing. Um, I'll tell you what I would do. Uh, I, I, if I were the leadership, I would basically say to the five on pause, whenever you come back, you guys play, you figure it out. But for the foreseeable future for the next two weeks, which is what they're starting to do now, but I would continue it. The five that, you know, certainly can uh, play to just play each other. Mm. That would certainly shake things up. And I think everyone's ready to just play whoever they need to play whenever they play. That fle- Everyone's pretty flexible, it seems like. BYU, uh, you know, has the San Diego game canceled on Tuesday and then just they just cancel the next game on the 13th because San Diego's paused. And frankly, it's a quad four. We're sitting here going, BYU probably won in that. No risk of losing that game. It's not going to help you. And now you uh, move up Gonzaga. So that probably helps BYU, right, to not have two quad fours sitting there on the schedule? Yeah, no, I think it does. Um, you know, not having, uh, you know, to play the Toreros is probably good right now. Um you could argue, oh, well, those are, you know, wins that they should be able to get. Um, but, you know, I, I, like I'll say this, their Pepperdine loss, um, I, I don't necessarily view that as a bad loss in the big picture uh, because I do actually think if you were to pull the coaches right now in the WCC, I think that you would find that Pepperdine could be viewed as the third best team mm. in the WCC at this moment in time. And I think ultimately that could be the case. You know, Pepperdine could end up being the third best team behind Gonzaga and BYU. Andy, you've got BYU as a 10 seed in your latest bracket projection. We're also wondering, okay, other than beating Gonzaga, is there anything that BYU can do remaining on the schedule to bump them up a few spots on the seed line? Or are they kind of locked into that spot if they beat everybody else and then lose to Gonzaga? Yeah, I mean, they need some help. Um, it would help them if Boise State, I think, wins the Mountain West. If San Diego State uh, maybe finishes second, um, you know, those kinds of things would help them. You know, Utah knocking off Colorado is positive. Um, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, Utah State obviously being uh, in the top three, those schools continuing to win will ultimately help BYU's overall rating and profile. Uh, but short of beating Gonzaga, um, it's going to be hard to move dramatically up. But I still think that they have, you know, the capabilities once they get in to win a game or two. So, you know, in this tournament, I don't think it necessarily will matter, um, you know, uh, whether or not, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, a, a 7, a 9, a 10, 11. Um, I think it's going to be really hard. You know, because there's two clearly great teams, Gonzaga and Baylor. And after that, you know, you, there's another tier, and then sort of everyone's sort of in that other group. Well, it felt like everybody that was ranked uh, not named Gonzaga and Baylor lost last night, so that doubles down on your point. Yeah, I mean, there was a carnage of ranked teams, um, you know, on Wednesday night. 
you know, St. Louis is a great example of that. There was a lot of buzz about St. Louis. They come out of pause. They're now 0-2 in the Atlantic 10. And I'll tell you, right now, the Atlantic 10 is a one-bid league. Uh, it's St. Bonaventure. Um, the American is a one-bid league right now. It's Houston. Uh, will that hold? We'll see. But, you know, BYU just has to take care of business. Uh, I would say try to beat everyone but Gonzaga. Obviously, if you beat Gonzaga, that's a whole other story. Um, you know, it's unfortunate because last year, and you guys know this, last year's Gonzaga-BYU game, and, I, you know, I've been to the Marriott Center. I wish I was there that night. That had to have been one of the best nights we've seen in decades. Um, you know, the place was just absolutely rocking. And I can't even imagine what it would be like if, it were, if there were 20,000, you know, Cougar fans in that building for a number one undefeated Gonzaga, mm. this team coming in. It's unfortunate it's not going to happen. Uh, and that obviously lessens the chance for an upset because I think it's good for at least five points. Um, but, uh, you know, still, you know, there's hope. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they obviously what, what they've got to do is because Gonzaga has had these slow starts in the first half in the league, but then they've got the second gear. And BYU is going to obviously, if they get any kind of lead, they got to try to step on the throat and just keep going. Uh, because uh, if you let Gonzaga back in, you know, it's over. Yeah, they're so good. They've been fun to watch. I'm actually a Gonzaga fan when they don't play BYU. They're, just, they're, they're great, and they've been great. It's been fun for BYU to be in the West Coast Conference and, and whatnot. I want to talk about the conference tournaments, Andy. So obviously in the NBA they're talking about the All-Star Game. Is that a good idea or not? In a similar vein, obviously there's a lot going into that with TV contracts, auto bids, and whatnot. But there are these questions being brought up now of like, is it a good idea to have conference tournaments? Will certain teams opt out? What's the legality of that and whatnot? Uh, in preparation for March Madness. What are you hearing and what do you think about conference tournaments at this point? Well, I'll be honest. I think the most intriguing one is the West Coast Conference. Um, You know, there's no question that, uh, you know, conference tournaments for bubble teams are a must. Um, I think that we're going to see in the major league, in the the Power Five, um, I I have no doubt Big Ten is going to happen in Indy, as they're saying. Um, you know, because they're going to be in Indy and then you just stay. Uh, the Big 12 has got their protocols in Kansas City. I fully expect the SEC to have their deal in Nashville. The ACC, assuming they settle in Greensboro or wherever, they'll have theirs. It's too much tradition. Um, you know, to me, the Pac-12 in Vegas, the Big East, do they stay in New York? Those are the outliers, not quite sure, but it's the WCC. What do they do if Gonzaga opts out? Um, do they still have the tournament? Does the selection committee still award an AQ? Because technically, the conferences decide who gets the AQ. Mm-hmm. You remember for years, the Ivy said it's our regular season champion. They didn't even have a tournament. Um, you would need emergency legislation for the, um, for the committee to make that decision. Uh, I don't know if they're prepared to do so uh, in the short term. But, you know, what would happen if Pacific were to win it uh, and that bounced out BYU or if that bounced out, uh, you know, a, a team like, um, you know, Oklahoma State or something like that? You know, how would that be viewed if a team like Pacific won the conference tournament without having to play Gonzaga or Gonzaga not even being in it? Or if Gonzaga and BYU chose to opt out? Um, you know, it, it'd be a little dicey. I think it would ruffle a lot of feathers in the league. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I don't know. There's no easy answer here, 
But um, I, I can see both sides of this argument. But then also on the flip side, if you're Gonzaga, you end the season February 27th. Do you really want to go from February 27th to March 19th mm. without playing a game? Um, I understand the, the safety issue, but that's a long time if you want to win the national championship to go without playing a game. He is at the heart of college basketball, NCAA.com's Andy Katz with us on BYU Sports Nation. Because BYU and Gonzaga have been pushed up to February 8th and going along with uh, the idea of, hey, the five teams that are in the clear just keep playing each other, would it benefit both Gonzaga and BYU to play a third regular season game? Well, it would benefit BYU if they won it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, give them another crack. Uh, so that's one positive. But here's the deal. They need games, and uh, depending upon the length of the pause, I would say yes to it if those other schools aren't back. If they're back, fine. But if we go into the week after and they're still not back yet um, or they are saying, which which I know Santa Clara did say, and Michigan's probably going to do the same thing in the Big Ten, which is, yes, we can come off pause on – whatever day it is on a Monday, uh, but Thursday's too soon for us to play because we haven't been doing anything. We need more practice time. That's what Santa Clara did. If you remember, I think a couple weeks ago when they were supposed to play Gonzaga on a Thursday, weren't ready to do so because they just come off pause. So they didn't play that game. And then they played St. Mary's on the weekend and actually beat them. Um, You know, that could happen too, where these schools come off pause and say, you know what? We're not going to be ready to play until the following week. So now Gonzaga BYU have a whole nother week of not playing games. Well, you know, maybe that's when you play Pacific and Pepperdine and Portland again or something, but because uh, you got to keep playing, uh, you know, the, you got to have the rhythm and it's not fair to those five that are healthy right now to prevent them from playing games just to wait for the other five. Cause we're just running out of days. And then the NCAA tournament, speaking of running out of days, will be interesting because there'll be some teams that are finishing the, you know, on the Saturday and some teams maybe still on the Sunday. Are they still doing that? And then the tourney starts that next week with the first four on Thursday and then a Saturday-Monday thing. There's a lot of criteria that needs to be met, including seven negative tests and getting there on a certain day and trying to create a pseudo-bubble. March Madness will certainly be different this year more than any other year. How do you see this playing out? And, and hopefully it works. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the best scenario we can have. There's no way we can be flying all over the country in 13 different states. It has to be one county um, that, that, that has its protocols, and it's just going to be the best scenario. You know, the seven days negative before, I think, has ruffled some feathers across the country because how is that going to be administered, especially when schools are different places? And then they're traveling to Indy. Um, there's a lot of fear, of course, uh, if someone pops – are there backup teams? Um, should players who are previously positive but are outside the 90-day window, you know, which initially the CDC said, should they need to be retested? Um, you know, that's being debated still and might be up until we get there, uh, you know, because there's some thought that it should be 120, 150 days before you have to be retested. Uh, you know, I, I think the curveball here are the new variants. I think if those weren't floating around, for lack of a better term, I think there might be more buy-in from the medical people to say, you know what, you've had it in the past, and a lot of these you know, student-athletes have had it. We don't need to retest you. Uh, but I think because of the variants, 
Now, this is my non-medical opinion <laughs> just from talking to people, but I do think the variants uh, have scared enough people to say, yes, retest. And then you're going to have some coaches, not a lot, but some who probably will have been vaccinated um, you know, by the time we get there. Should they be tested? That's going to be another issue that needs to be resolved. Uh, you know, it's a shame that the timing doesn't work out uh, to where that population, you know, could be vaccinated before we play the tournament. But there's just there's no way between now and March that that's going to happen. Andy, it's always great to patch into your expertise. Uh, we know just how busy you are, especially this time of year in this COVID era of college basketball. But uh, we'll make sure that next time you cross paths with Mark Pope that he takes you out to lunch for your trouble. Would love it. I can't wait till we can do stuff like that. <laughs> thanks, Andy. Have a great one. All right. Thanks, guys. Andy Katz on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Always good to pick his brain. Obviously, he uh, had spells in, what, Albuquerque and I think Fresno. So he covered Mountain West games and, yeah. and WAC games even, uh, I think, a little bit. So He was in the Oval Office with the President of the United States doing brackets twice when he was with ESPN. Like, that guy yeah. is the guy yeah. for college basketball. Trump ever do a bracket or was it just Obama? <laughs> it was Obama. Okay. Obama's the basketball guy. Yeah, he's the basketball guy. Coming up, Brandon Averitt has helped the Cougars to a tournament uh, bid potentially this season. Deep Blue explores how he got here. And Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 NFL Draft. A Super Bowl champion quarterback thinks so. This is BYU Sports Nation. What? What? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Ranked BYU men's volleyball team kicks off the season tonight against rival in 8th-ranked UCLA at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. And join us Saturdays at 2.30 Eastern on BYU Radio starting this week for OTT. Over the top with myself and Steve Vale as we take you inside Cougar men's volleyball each week. Isn't it great that you have to qualify which top-ranked team is playing for BYU? Because there are multiple top-ranked teams. It's volleyball. Yeah, mm. volleyball and Men's cross country, Let's both go. number one in the country. He's Jerem. I am Spencer. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jerem, next week, BYU hosts Gonzaga and St. Mary's. We think the two biggest league home games every year. So should there be some type of frantic effort to get some portion of fans into the Marriott Center based on the big week? It'd be nice. Uh, 800 are going to the devotionals. Uh, 3,900 are going to the jazz games. So I would love some number between that and that. Uh, right now for, like, volleyball tonight and, you know, women's hoops and men's hoops, it's family only. By the way, UCLA men's volleyball families are coming up because they can't watch them in Westwood. How wild so is that? So they're going to come up here. Crazy, right? That is unbelievable. Yeah, I... Even if it's 10%, 1,900 fans, that'd be great. something something to create some type of noise. Yeah, that'd be great. In an interview on CBSSports.com, Joe Seisman mm-hmm. said he'd take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, citing his ability and what he has accomplished with less <laughs> talent around him. How much stock do you put into these comments? Wow. Well, I put some stock into it. Because... You put like AMC level stock or what? Well, I don't know <laughs> about that. GameStop stock into that, Jerry. GameStop. <laughs> I put some stock Dodge into it coin. because Joe Theismann is, you know, not just anybody. He played quarterback at the highest level, won a Super Bowl. But maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe he's just too old school and he dislikes Zach Wilson's old? 
old school abilities more so than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't know. It's great that he has that opinion, but I think he might be alone on that island, Jerem. Is there anybody else of prominence saying that Trevor Wilson, or sorry, Trevor Lawrence should go behind Zach Wilson? There's no way that should happen. No. Zach's awesome, but he shouldn't go ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Come on. Come on. All right. Since BYU football, now not with Zach Wilson, and Utah State have renewed the annual series for six more years, it has almost completed the schedule in 2023 and given the 2024 schedule nine games. Jeremy, look forward. What's the most ideal schedule in that span right now? Uh, ideally, it's three or four uh, Power Fives. So uh, 22 has four Power Fives. They need to just add one more FCS. So that might be the one. 23 uh, has four P5s. Uh, they have one more non-FCS game to add. Um, you know, and there's four P5s on several in the future. 24 only has two right now. Yep. With two non-FCS yep. to add. So I'm thinking 22 right now. Okay. So based on um, your protocols, I feel like 2024 is going to be the best situation in terms of a schedule for BYU if they're only going to play four power fives. They already have seven G5s on that schedule. Yeah. Well, I like 22 because they're a four power five. Okay. Yeah. So maybe there are only three in 2024. And my tinfoil no hat way theory. There's only three. Come on. We'll see. History would tell I, us. I don't know. I don't know, but did something no, change? Do. Did no. something change this year for Tom Homo? Does he only <laughs> add one more Power Five? No, <laughs> history tells us he will get at least four, if not five, if not six, if not seven. That's what this year. Seven in twenty twenty one. All right, coming up are Portland prop picks and Brandon Averett. This Brandon Averett. Who? Hey, Coach Pop can call him whatever he wants. It's okay. Uh, he's Big Shot Brandon, and his path to BYU has been a very, very interesting one. How did he end up in Provo? We'll go deep blue with Brandon Averett next on BYU Sports Nation. Brandon Averett. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Women's Hoops back in Provo after Tuesday loss at Gonzaga, looking to big, get back in the win column as Lauren Gustin and the Cougars play Pepperdine on BYU app at 7 Eastern time, hence the uh, college shirt for special. Pepperdine, remember that? I do, unfortunately. <laughs> it's been a while since we broke that out. No, it's back. thought we shelved that. We are back on BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play live at Studio B. You know, it was a very long road for Brandon Averett, big shot Brandon of BYU basketball, to get to Provo. And clearly, he is making a major impact. This is Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. The journey to BYU has been wonderful, and, and it's, it's been crazy, honestly. But every step of the way, I've learned something new, and, and it's just made me a better person on and off the court. took Brandon to his physical and he's talking to his pediatrician about what he wanted to do and Brandon told him that he wanted to play basketball in college. The pediatrician laughed at him. He thought it was so funny, he said, because of his size. After the visit, when we got in the car, Brandon was like, Mom, you just don't know how much I hear that. I know that I'm going to have to work harder and I'm going to have to do things differently. That was the turning point in my life, though. I was okay. That was like the first. That was the first time I wanted to prove somebody wrong, though. 
There is nobody on our team that spends more time in the gym than Brandon Averett. We're in two-a-days, and Brandon Averett is staying for two hours after the first practice and then coming back after the second practice. I have to kick him out of the gym on a regular basis. Right now, if you went into the practice facility, he's probably putting up shots right now. He shoots, he shoots more than anyone on our team. He just puts in the extra work because he wants to be successful. He is working so hard and he's so focused and set on becoming the player that he's hoping and dreaming and imagining that he can be and being on a team that can accomplish what we think this team can accomplish. At Oklahoma State, my first two years, uh, I definitely built my, my grit and toughness. Coming out to UVU for my red star junior season, I definitely built my skill set and my, just my IQ for the, the game as, as a whole. My senior year coming to BYU, I'm just trying to put it all together. This has definitely been my longest time being away from home, you know. It's been like, what, since August? We just try to FaceTime every other day, every day, you know. Okay, son, I love you. I'll see you on the big screen Thursday. Yep, I'm going to text you. I love you, too. Yep. All right, Jace, big head. I'm going to talk to y'all. They definitely miss me a lot, and I miss them. I miss them a lot, too. But we've grown into this, and we're going to keep going. Honestly, we're going to keep going. My hero is my parents, all the things that they've taught me and instilled in me. I come home every evening and tired and beat like most of us are. Uh, wanted to get some rest and relaxation. Brandon was about two years old. We bought him a basketball. He was bouncing the basketball. Of course, the basketball was getting on my last nerve. <laughs> so I had an epiphany right there. The epiphany was, okay, Am I going to allow him to just dribble this ball or am I going to shut him down and say no? Say, well, no, I'm just going to let him dribble the ball. And from that point on, everything else is history. I knew I loved Brandon Averett when I was recruiting him the first time. I'd seen the film. I talked to coaches. I talked to friends. But the first day, I rolled into North Dallas and went to his house and got to talk to his mom and dad, Randy and Belinda, face-to-face. -face. I was like, this is the greatest family I've ever met. Like, I have such a deep love for them. And it was so incredibly painful to leave Utah Valley. And that was one of the relationships that was so hard to forego. And now the fact that we get a coach and we all get to be together, and at some point, I guarantee you, Randy and Belinda, even if they have to come crawl in the rafters because nobody's allowed in here for COVID, they're going to find a way into this gym to watch their boy. I love them unconditionally for everything they've done for me, and I, I don't feel like I can ever repay them. So proud of him, and I always tell him, I want to be like you when I grow up. I mean, I'm just so proud of him, seriously. And, and humble and so respectful. So we were just so blessed to have him. Brandon Averett, Deep Blue. Man, I'm glad Big Shot Brandon's in Provo because he has been a huge impact for BYU in some turning point games this season. For a long time, this has been a university that's been mostly white, member of the church. Front, like, there is a place for everybody here. Come on. So I, I love that Brandon Averett is at BYU. I really love it because he's got an amazing family. He's got an amazing story. It's been all over the place, but this has been a great fit for him. And uh, like, you'll, you'll, like you'll see in a story coming up, uh, on Cody Feger in a couple weeks. It's more than just winning. BYU didn't bring him in just to win games. They brought him in here because he's a person they want. 
at the university, not just a basketball player. So great, great stuff. Uh, always appreciate getting that insight. And he's been making some big shots, some big games. Yep. He talked about, I'm hoping for a little more consistency in, in a couple of games, but he's 12th in the league in effective field goal percentage in conference games. So he's been shooting the ball really well. And uh, tonight won't be a night where he needs to show up in a big way, but next week will be with Gonzaga on Monday, St. Mary's on Thursday. When Randy mentioned Brandon dribbling the basketball at two years old and it getting on his last nerve, that resonated with me, Jerem. Yes. My, my kid, yes, Tate this morning, who is two, bundles up, gets a coat on, hat, gloves, and he's like, let's go outside and play catch. And I'm like, it's cold, bro. Let's just do it inside. I but I was like, he's all, he was all about that grind, and I was not. <laughs> but we played catch for like five minutes. So I there, love it. There you go. I love it. Okay, coming up, today's Rise and Cheddar. And our latest edition of Prop Picks for the Portland game. Hopefully this game happens this time. Good. Right? We think. Maybe we should just push forward the San Diego picks that didn't happen. I don't know. <laughs> Stay with us. You'll see what happens as BYU Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod. Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. See what happens when UCLA comes to town. Jared's been preparing for that. UCLA, bro. Let's go. A little, <laughs> little volleyball in the smithy tonight. What are you doing here? Sam, Sam Coburn in the Bruins, bro. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Took the 15 down to university right off at the Smithfield house. Over, uh, yeah, it's not as fun. The Californians, we love that sketch on SNL. <laughs> it's not as fun when it's 800 north and no, 90 east. It just isn't. Yeah. Nope. Uh, we're hoping to have some fun with our prop picks for the BYU at Portland game presented by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth Living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Ben Bagley, what do you have for us in a game that we really hope happens? Yeah, that would be nice. Let's start with this one. What will be the largest lead of the game by either team closest to the correct number? Oh, not without going over. Good, because I don't understand it. <laughs> We've adjusted for you. <laughs> Well, it's about time. Jeremy, I'm going with 21. Why? Because I like the number 21. BYU is a 19-point favorite. I think it's going to be close to that. That's way too low. 27. You think you're going to be up by 27 Portland. on the road? Terrible! On the road? Especially if Ahmed Ali doesn't play. Yeah, that's true. That That is that's the X factor right there. If he plays or even doesn't if, play. Even if he plays, BYU led by what? 28 here. <sighs> Those rims are not the Pro Bowl rims. Should be the same exact kind. Okay, number two. Which player will lead BYU in first half scoring? <laughs> I love how random this is. Uh, first half scoring, Brandon Averett. Wait, I thought it was Averett. No, 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 no. That's a different guy, not this, Averett. This Brandon Averett. Brandon Averett will lead BYU in first half scoring. I will take Alex Barcello. Okay. Who's okay. not related to Davide Gardini. All right. Alex Barcello, leading scorer. Let's go. If he found his mojo, then be back. the leading scorer. Alex got his groove back. Yes, let's go. Number three. What will BYU shoot from the free throw line once again closest so I to the picked, pin? I picked my number just because I'm hoping that BYU is somewhere around there because it's 70%, Jeremy. Because that, that, okay, that's, that's better yep. than what BYU did against Pacific. Considerably better. 70%. I think 78 because Woo! the right people will be shooting. Okay. Be a lot of Alex Barcelo, Brandon Averett, and Brandon Averett will probably go to the line a bunch. We'll see. <laughs> 78%. That's aggressive. 
Trevor Nell will shoot two free throws as well in the first half. You watch. Okay. Yeah. But no more than two. Those are your prop picks for BYU at Portland tonight. I would be fine if this game wasn't played, by the way. It's a quad four. Again, the same idea as San Diego. I want them to play. I'm not saying. I'm just thinking about how frustrated the guys are. Yeah. Take it out on Gonzaga. Having San Diego cancel. <laughs> like, they went to San Diego, didn't yes. get to play. They go to Portland and don't get to play. I'm saying on oh. paper, this doesn't help you in any way, shape, or form. They need a, Even if true, you blow them out. True. They Even just need a warm-up. They need a warm-up before Gonzaga. <laughs> play yourself. BYU's backups are probably the f- fifth best team in the league. That's a that's a fun I've always, conversation. I've always thought about that's that, a by fun the way. Conversation. Men's volleyball, the second string. <laughs> are they like the seventh best team in the country? <laughs> Our question of the day. Is it better to play Gonzaga sooner or later in the season? This based on the fact that BYU will now host Gonzaga on Monday, February eighth. At Jerem Dunn thirty two on Instagram answers. Jerem Dunn thirty two. Jerem Dunn. What's up, Jerem? Says later because BYU will have full team chemistry and they will have played 20 plus games usually. Yeah. Does that matter? Is BYU going to be better? Just play the games. Yeah. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Jazz Warren on Twitter. Later. So BYU can ruin their perfect season right at the end again. Okay, that's a valid point. There is that element that's to it. BYU's really, done that a few times. Yeah. The undefeated season. That was an NIT one and done team that oh. beat everyone. Uh-huh. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. It's amazing. I'm talking about both those things I just brought up. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Mine goes to the homies, men, men's volleyball. It's been 335 days since the Cougars played. It is great to be back. It really is. It's a long time. And you think that this is uh, maybe the most special of all BYU volleyball teams? It's up there. It's pretty, they're pretty stinking good. Let's go. My rise and shout-out goes to BYU, Gonzaga, and ESPN for pulling off a big Monday. Let's big go. Mondays are fun. Late-night basketball on Monday? Yeah. I grew up going to those games I as a college student. They were 10 p.m., so 9 is nice. That's great. Our thanks to today's guest, Andy Katz of NCAA.com. Best chef's bedtime, but whatever. Started in a spit, we ran out of time. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout-out to Steve Trumbo. See you tonight for our double header of women's basketball at 7 Eastern and men's volleyball live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. Go Cougs!